0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this podcast comes from
1: Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
3: (laughs) Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them mixed!
2: Yes, get fired up, everybody, because we are on the eve of the first UFC pay-per-view of the year. UFC back in Brazil for the first time in almost three years. And the first time in front of a live crowd in Brazil for an even longer time. The atmosphere is sure to be electric in Rio de Janeiro for UFC 283, where two world titles will be on the line. And the big question after the most recent pay-per-view is, will we actually have a light heavyweight champion by the end of the night? We will find out for sure. But welcome, friends to the UFC 283 live preview show here on mbafighting.com. If you're watching with us live, thank you for joining us. If you're watching after the live stream or listening on the podcast network, future Mike thanks you as well. But I am Mike Hecht, and joining me on this ride is the Prince of Positivity, and my best friend amongst many other things and what a background you are about to see alexander K. lee hello ak look at oh, that setup amazing i'm
4: in the yeah listen uh, out of you know the uh, amazonian jungle amazonist jungle in brazil i'm trying to match the beautiful background i've got plants here the green plants uh, for the green plant over here you know i'm a big i'm a big plant guy i know all the plant names so uh yeah i'm happy to uh happy to be here mike first ufc pay-per-view event of 2023 i've already talked about it quite a bit on the morning uh the the official weigh-in show but i'm ready to
2: chat some more excellent and my other best friend my fellow new englander the sultan of social media mr jose youngs how are you my man
5: uh i like choose one? to be I choose to be referred to as the czar of social media.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fair enough. Whatever floats your boat, I will remember that. Jotting it down right now. So uh, let's get into it, gentlemen, because we have two title fights. Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill for the vacant light heavyweight title is the main event. Flyweight champ, Davis of Figueredo versus the interim champ, Brandon Moreno, part four. Unification bout in the co-main event. Rest of the main card, pretty damn solid. A lot of storylines in the prelims. A ton of Brazilian representation on this return to Brazil. I think there's at least one local fighter in every single fight, and there's 17 total on the card, so the crowd is just going to be absolutely absolutely on fire. So, AK, all that said, let's do it. Gymnastic score, first pay-per-view of the year. Where are we at?
4: Oh, also, listen. I want to remind people... And I think the gymnastics score system was actually served well uh, last weekend. The gymnastic score is not just saying, oh, how good is a card on paper? That's not what that means. It means like how good could the card potentially be in a best case scenario if everything lands, if we get like, you know, some great highlights – you know, at least one fight of the night, like legitimate fight of the night worthy fight. We didn't get that last weekend. Uh, you know, compelling storylines in the main event, co-main, things like that. So it's not just saying like, oh, this is a great line of fights on paper. It's a 9 out of 10. It's 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 looking at like the best case scenario and 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 how difficult it is to reach that best case scenario. So uh, in this case, I, I, I don't think we can go too high. Uh, a lot about this card feel, there's some great names in the main card and the undercard, lot of potential for again exciting finishes but also a lot of unknown properties so for me to say oh you're definitely getting exciting finishes i mean it's it, it's almost a guess or it's you're getting them because these are kind of like you know some of these are, are mismatches and we don't even realize it yet so some potential for excitement but 15 fights it's a long haul uh once we get to the main card i think it'll be it'll be smooth sailing but it is it is a lot of fights till we get there so uh, but I'll, I'll say you know pay-per-view minimum should a ufc pay-per-view with two title fights should start at a nine so let's say, uh, nine point, let's say like 9.2, because you can have some really feel-good moments here, uh, depending on who wins uh, which fights, especially given that this is the first card in Brazil in, in such a long time.
2: All right. Uh, and, Jose, this is an interesting one, because both title fights are compelling. The UFC, pretty much across the board, always goes, and you tell us this all the time, with the higher weight class in the main event spot. And while Deshera mm-hmm. versus Hill intriguing matchup stylistically and there is a lot on the line here i feel to me and you pro- you might agree with this i feel like most of the attention is on the co-main event of the night the fighters the history fourth fight through three fights we still don't truly know who the better man is like do you feel the same way like even though glover and jamal hill are on the top of the marquee most of the focus at least amongst the hardcores is on davis figueredo and brandon moreno
5: Specifically the hardcores, I think we live in this echo chamber where that's where we consume so much MMA and probably people that watch this show uh, or listen to this show, their Twitter and Instagram is probably just littered with almost solely MMA. And I would bet more than half of that is just the UFC. So I'm assuming that this, they're all excited for this because, again, this is history. This is the fourth fight between these two. Arguably the second and third greatest flyweights ever. I think you said it on uh, what like a heck of a morning where it's going to be a bit before anyone can catch up to Demetrius Johnson, regardless of whether he's technically fighting at 135 or not. Um, But I think a lot what a lot of people don't realize is the people on the headliner on the big poster, especially for this card, fight fans are probably going to buy a pay-per-view regardless. Uh, So they don't necessarily have to go bananas in the main event. All the time now. Would I like them to? Can they do that? A hundred percent. But if you talk to anyone from Brazil, like Guillerme or I've talked with a lot of the Brazilian media, uh, especially because I'm out, I'm on site for a lot of these. And there's very few kind of like superstars, like if you ask them who are the biggest names in Brazilian MMA, it's still Anderson, it's still Vitor, it's still Shogun, it's still Vanderlei, it's still Jose Aldo, it's still all these guys that are either not in the UFC or just retired completely for mixed martial arts. And there's a couple of, there's a couple names that obviously are still in there. Like Paulo Costa was the biggest deal in Brazilian MMA. And then he kind of faltered against Israel Adesanya and then people in Brazil kind of look at him as, kind of annoying now from what I've been told. But, and Charles is obviously a big name and then he just lost. But apparently Glover share is still a very big deal in Brazil. He's kind of beloved because he's uh, kind of like this blue collar, like just go to work and put it it in, never in a really a boring fight. And people really appreciate Glover in Brazil. And that's what is going to sell tickets is Glover share at the top of this card. Because if you put Davis and Figueiredo and Bren Moreno on a card, it'll probably sell out just because it's the first time in Brazil in a long time. Like AK, and I, AK and I have said in a few shows, like it does. Like the first time the US, the first time the USC goes to Canada since the pandemic, it doesn't matter who they put on the top of that card because people are going to go regardless because they really want MMA in Canada. Glover brings the names; he'll bring more eyeballs to the flyaway fight of the four names at the top of the card. I even in casual eyes, and I don't like that word casual. People that don't always watch MMA, I think Glover is going to be the most recognizable name considering he you know, fought on that Fight Island card. He fought John Jones. He's fought all these big names. I think it's a, the right choice to put Glover on the card. The better, the more interesting fight is the co-main, but I think Glover versus anybody in Brazil for a title, I think that's the right move for the top of a pay-per-view, especially put Glover in big words on the poster to sell tickets.
2: Cannot disagree with that, and you make an interesting point. So I'll turn it over to you, AK. Because when Yuri Prohashka got injured and vacated the title, Glover had two things on his mind. One, I will step in and fight Jan Blachowicz for this vacant title in December. Didn't happen. They went with Magomed Ankalaev fighting Jan Blachowicz instead. Went to a draw, and here we are getting ready for another pay per view. The other option is I'll fight Magomed Ankalaev in Brazil. And the UFC said no to both of those things. And now Glover gets to fight Jamal Hill, still in Brazil. And on paper, at least to me, this is a very, very good matchup for him, especially compared to Magomed and Goliath. And yes, Jamal Hill is still dangerous, but this is a very good stylistic matchup for Glover Shira. Probably as good as he could get in this division right now. And then on the other side, you have Jamal Hill, first title opportunity. He's going on the road. He's been absolutely on fire. And while the stakes are high... This division is a bit of a mess, AK. So to me, I, I don't think he has a ton to lose here, but your thoughts on this main event a little over 24 hours away.
4: I'm not crazy, right? Hill is uh, a slight favorite in this fight. Is, this, is that not? He is. Depending where you look, like a, a minus 135, one minus 150, whoever, depending.
2: Minus That's, 140 right
4: now. Minus 140. Isn't that a bit strange? Because if this fight had been... Bu- it, let, let's say, again, this is a total... This what-if doesn't make a lot of sense because there's all these other factors that would have gotten in the way of it. If if Glover uh first title defense for some reason hadn't been Yuri Prachka and had been Jamal Hill instead... Uh, would not Glover have been like a two to one favorite or something i don't know I don't know what's changed because he's because he's not the champion because we saw him lose to Yuri because he is a little bit older because um Jamal has kind of put together you know a, a decent run it's 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 almost funny to me and again like you said Mike I it, no one here no one who who has kept up with uh Glover's career with Jamal's career with the light heavyweight division in general. Would be surprised if Jamal Hill came out and just ran through Glover. It just, just, just—you know—he's the younger guy, explosive knockout artist. Ha, we've we've said many times has the tools to be a champion someday. I don't think any of us thought he would get a tell shot so quickly. But every time we talk about Jamal Hill, it's about—he's got the tools. He just needs the experience. He just needs the coaching. He's going to get there. Um, you know, he keep keep racking up these wins. He'll get that resume. And now that he's in there, of course, of course, he can win uh, a <laughs> win by by a big knockout. But on paper. I, I, like as we're talking about skill wise and experience and big game experience everything seems to lean towards clover and again if this if this matchup had been made six months ago i don't think anyone i, I mean people would have picked, been, been picking jamal um, but i'm confident to share would have been a a reasonable favorite so it is it is funny how the perspective has changed just because of um what has happened in the last six months what has happened with this becoming a title fight a, a vacant title fight with seeing to share lose kind of that five round fight to yuri um it's it, it i i'm not sure really where you know where this this newfound faith in hill comes from um i understand again like i said why why that knockout outcome is it is in the front of people's minds but uh but yeah it, it is funny to me how um how this main event kind of sprang up out of nowhere and it's become compelling in its own way uh and just you know it just shows you how quickly Things can change, like our perceptions of fighters and our perceptions of certain matchups can change uh, in, in such a short period of time. Because again, really, this main event came out of nowhere. This title fight came out of nowhere, and um, I think they've done they, the promotion, the fighters have done a decent job of of uh building building up the anticipation for this one. And, and as Jose said, um, I, man, you really can't go wrong with with Glover main eventing uh, in Brazil. His first fight in his home country since I think uh, 2015, he said.
2: Yeah, because and and Jose, I'll go back to because Glover gets what he wants here, gets the headline at home and gets stylistically a better fight and gets the Mm -hmm. home crowd behind him. And that's all great. He gets what he wants. And in a weird way, I feel like this is about as good as it could be for Jamal Hill as well. He gets thrust into a title fight on short notice. I don't, honestly, I don't think he has a ton to lose here. I think it's not house, like there's house money fights and then there's like a step below a house money fight. And I think this is a step below house money fight because if he wins massive moment for him, he's the freaking champion doing it way sooner than people expected it. And if he loses, so what you go back to the drawing board, you win a fight or two and you're right back in the mix. And this time it's not a short notice. Hey, fly to Brazil, fight for the belt. It's, a legit full training camp go fight for the belt. So, do you agree with that notion that while well, Glover gets what he wants, Jamal getting this fight on short notice in Brazil the way it came together is about as close to a house money situation as it gets for a guy like this? Like would you would you agree with that?
5: I mean, I don't think it's especially for fights like this where you take it on short notice and I don't I'm not using the term save a pay-per-view, but if you lose to Glover Like this, you know, taking a fight that going into enemy territory, the UFC historically, you know, they appreciate guys that help them out. If Jamal Hill, say, loses to Glover, uh, I don't think it's going to hurt his stock too much considering kind of, like I said, it's kind of an echo chamber of mixed martial arts right now. You lose to someone that I think a lot of people would understand that he, he had a tall task ahead of him preparing for Anthony Smith, getting his fight bumped up like a month or so and fighting Glover share and a guy who stylistically is kind of a nightmare for Jamal Hill, if he goes out there and then say they book him against the winner of Ryan Spann and Nikita Kriloff and then he beats them, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of threw Jamal Hill into another number one contender fight or another title shot considering you know everything's kind of working against him right now. So I don't always agree that well, – I don't think there's a ton of pressure on Glover either, maybe the age thing. Has something to do with it because there's only so few title shots you can have in your forties. Uh so in that aspect, I get it. Uh but it's kind of a tough situation for both men. But I do agree with you. If Jamal Hill loses, it's not gonna hurt his stock a ton. If anything, it's gonna kinda like kind of vault him up in the eyes of fans and more importantly, the people in charge of matchmaking, because they seem to really like putting Jamal Hill in, in headliners and then it'll only get big bots now that they helped him out with this one.
2: Yep, and it's a nice little learning lesson along the way. So, uh, Ak, what's the biggest question you have in this fight? Is it a is it a question on the Glover side? Question on the Hill side? Where are we at here?
4: Everyone who's seen me pick fights recently knows I'm, I'm always wondering about the age gap. Uh, Jose, I think you you told us on the weigh-in show this isn't this isn't the biggest. The biggest would have been Randy Couture no, and not even, Gabriel Gonzaga. It's not even
5: it's not even the biggest for a Glover to share a title fight, if I remember right. correctly. Or how old is Jamal Hill? Uh, 31. Well, Yuri Perhaska was like 29 or something when he fought Glover. So that would right. be, be an even bigger. Even so bigger. The, Glover's last fight was a bigger gap. <laughs> it was already. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I think there's also something who said, I think Jamal Hill feels younger than Yuri just because of less mileage, right? He's only He hasn't that's been as sure. pro as long. He's fought less. So so in fight years, he's a bit younger in that sense. Um, and man, that's just such a, I, I see some people in the comments going like, like uh, Glover's going to kill him. You know, he's going to, and of, co- of course Glover is, look, we all know He's the more skilled fighter. Uh, but MMA is so wonky, especially the the as you go up in weight. I think once you go up to 185 and then light heavyweight and heavyweight can be such a crapshoot. Light heavyweight, I mean, not as much as heavyweight. We all know heavyweight is can be a total coin toss, especially depending on athleticism and age and things like that. Um, so, I look, I fully believe, again, Glover Share is the better fighter, and the better fighter should win. But this is MMA where, like, weird, dumb stuff happens all the time. So I really want to know uh, – Glover says, "I <laughs> said at Media Day, I'm in my prime. He said, I'm in my prime, man. I mean, a lot of us have kind of joked about how funny it would be if, if, you know, they set up this fight for the vacant title. Glover wins, has this magical moment in his home country, and then retires, and then they vacate the title again. Doesn't sound like he plans to do that. Um, he definitely wants to get the Yuri fight again. And uh, obviously, that's what he would want next if he, um, if he becomes champion again. So uh, I, I don't know. He says in his prime, he looked great in the Yuri fight. We called that one of the best fights we've ever seen. He looked awesome in it. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's anywhere. He's close to like, it's slowing down yet, at least not to the point where Jamal Hill should be able to just, as I said earlier, like run through him, even though that's still a possibility. Um, but yes, the age thing, I, I just, I just can't look past it. i mean, 43 is 43 is 43. And it's a hard 43 with some of the fights Glover's been in. And is he the same guy after that year fight? Because we have seen careers change uh, after wars i mean i always say chuck liddell vanderley silva neither man was ever the same after that fight one of my favorite fights of all time i think neither i think it er, er, erased both men's chins i hope that's not the case with Clover. i hope that as a lot of people seem to be saying that just showed us how good he still is hope that's the case but, but a lot of mileage there and uh jamal hill nothing to lose might just come out and, and rush and see what happens
2: like we said earlier, according to DraftKings, just took another look at it. Jamal Hill, the favorite at minus one forty. The comeback on Glover Teixeira plus one twenty. Jose, what's what's the pick? Who's leaving Rio as the light heavyweight champ?
5: Uh, more than likely, Glover Teixeira. For a lot of the things I said, uh, specifically, his style of fighting seems to be a nightmare of Glover Teixeira. I think you said that on Heck of a Morning, where uh, you know Tiago Santos is not the best. Rep- slur in the world and he took down Jamal hill a lot in that fight so chances are if tiago santos who according to john jones is a black belt in muay thai which just doesn't exist um <laughs> if he can do it chances are globe to share can do it and if globe to share gets on top of you he's a man that daniel cormier has said has an incredibly heavy top game and that is an olympic wrestling captain and former ufc champ champ i'm gonna take his word for it he knows what he's talking about so uh, I'm gonna pick Glover to share. It is weird because I was like looking at Jamal Hill's like past few wins, and even going into this one, everyone keeps talking about his touch of death and just knocking all these people out. His last three wins, he's fought guys coming off of losses. So I'm curious, he's fighting another guy coming off a loss in a very you know brutal loss in the sense it was a back and forth war. If Glover's body and chin hold up, Glover should win. Now jamal hill hits very hard and he hits very accurate and he's very wild he doesn't you know if you look at a professional fighter if you look at like i know like joe rogan always talks about like oh if you look at the silhouette of a fighter you can there's some fighters you can just tell who's fighting you can tell when jamal hill fights if you look at his silhouette because he's pretty wild and leaves himself open if he touches glover's chin i'm curious if it holds up but if if it does hold up i like i said it should be glover's to win
2: Okay, I assume you're going with with Glover to share here, but yeah. who knows? Maybe you're maybe you're playing the 2023 is just so chaotic. Let's keep the chaos train moving from station to station. Where are we at?
4: Yeah, I can't I just can't pick against him. He, he's he's the better fighter. He's a better grappler. Uh, honestly technically speaking he's probably still a better striker I know we know Jamal Hill for his striking but just given uh, you know who Glover has been there with who he's gone the distance with uh, Glover is a very 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 good striker so I mean while we all agree that um, obviously Jamal's best way to win this fight is to keep it on the feet it's not like Glover is just like oh he has to take jamal hill down or he's toast it's like no that's just the easiest path to victory for him uh glover a more than competent striker so I, I don't know what department other than what i mentioned youth uh, you know athleticism reach i don't know other than those physical gifts uh i don't know what department i would say jamal hill is superior to uh than glover so i i if i if, if I, i'm not betting even though uh the ufc uh has been reinstated with uh, betting sites and outlets in Ontario. I am not betting, but if I were and if I if I had to, um, I, I lean with with Glover to share. Let's go. Let's go away from chaos. Normally, I say chaos is a very safe bet when we're talking about MMA. Uh, and let's and again, Glover's last fight, maybe even the most chaotic thing we've ever seen, chaos personified. Uh, let's hope he just has a pleasant homecoming this time around and. Uh, take care of business in a way that I think a lot of people probably have been predicting since, since the first day that this was matched up, you know, we see the jujitsu, we see that old man strength uh, and we see him get a submission out of Jamal Hill second or third round.
2: Yeah. I mean, would, would Hill winning surprise me? I mean, I I'd be a little surprised. I would be a little surprised if Jamal Hill wins. Like, would I be shocked beyond belief? No, but just everything you guys both said, but to, to kind of take it all home, This, to me, this is how I see it in my head right now. This has Glover Teixeira, Jan Bohovic vibes to it, where Glover takes him down, beats him up in the first round. Jamal Hill, you know, who knows? Like maybe Jamal Hill will stuff a takedown or something, maybe two. But eventually, Glover's just going to tackle him, and then he's just going to beat him up. Hill might survive and get to round two, and then I think the same thing's just going to happen again. Like Jamal Hill's going to realize, I got to do something big here. Glover's just going to tackle him, get on top, beat him up, and then take the back or whatever and get a submission. That's how I see it play out. Again, I could be totally wrong. Jamal could just light him up with a big shot. Wouldn't be totally shocked if that happened. I'd be a little bit surprised if Jamal Hill wins this fight, but I just feel like everything lines up for Glover to share here. Uh, so two-time champ. That's what I'm predicting right now, but we will see what happens. Now, the call made. it John. 63% in go our ahead. poll. Mike. 63%
4: picking Glover to share on our YouTube poll. 63%. Okay. Pretty, pretty firm. Let's go...
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own.
2: Let's go to the co-main event. We have Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno, the Tetralogy, ladies and gentlemen. Part four, what a story it has been. Jose, you have been in the building for all three of the fights that we have seen already. And for those who were newer fans, first fight, both guys jumping in on short notice to save a pay-per-view. They have an all-time classic and they fight to a draw. And then part two, Brandon Moreno dominates, finishes Davis and Figueiredo. It's a moment that gives me the most FOMO to this day that I couldn't have been in that arena to see it happen. It was an incredible moment for Brandon Moreno. The crowd went crazy. Unbelievable stuff. Part three, Figgy changes things up. He goes to fight ready with Eddie Cha and Henry Cejudo and company. He gets an unbelievable shape makes a lot of tweaks, and he wins a very, very close decision to win the title back at UFC 270 around a year ago. And 12 months later, we are getting Chapter 4. So, Jose, we talked a little bit about this on BTL, but, again, you are in the building for all three of these first first fights. When you hear about these two guys, this rivalry, the way the first three fights went, Part 4 being in Brazil, finally in front of Figgy fans, the respect... Then it got to heat and then it got a little cringy, but now it seems to be back to respect and it's about the glory and the battle ahead. What is this rivalry meant to the promotion, the flyweight division, the sport, and, and to you personally being in the arena for all three of these fights? I
5: mean, it's super unique in the sense that, a for a multitude of reasons. It's the fourth time we've ever had four fights between two guys every single fight has had a new wrinkle. Uh, like I know you said I was in the building for all, all four uh, for the first three. Uh, technically, I was not in the building for the first one because that was peak pandemic. So we had to sit out in a tent in the parking lot to watch <laughs> that. So it just, it just adds this thing where all four of these fights have, you could basically measure how the pandemic went. The first fight, you know, was in front of nobody. The second fight was one of the, I think, second, maybe third fights, and it was still limited. Masks were still required. The third fight, Southern California, the rules are pretty much lifted. And then the fourth one right now in Brazil, uh, going into a whole nother country, it just every single one, which obviously wasn't, we weren't able to do for the longest time. Uh, so every single fight just adds a wrinkle in terms of what is happening to the world, but it's also what is happening to this division. Because like I said, all three of the first three fights, I know it sort of held the division up, but I think it benefited the division greatly because we got a lot of, we got to see the rest of the division kind of fight each other. We had the emergence of new stars. We've had some people rise to the top. Some people kind of falter. Uh, but as the division has got exciting, we've seen these new matchups that we want to see. You know, Pantoja Figueroa two. We want to see Pantoja Moreno two. We want to see Mateus Nicolau versus one of these guys. We got want to see Almir Albaza. We want to see Muhammad Mahayev. We want to see all these guys fight each other. And now we finally get to see them fighting for these titles. Obviously, Henry Cejudo, as he said, saved the flyweight division. But when he left and he handed it off to, like, let's figure this next out, a lot of people just thought Joe B would be the guy. You know, he fought Figueredo. The first one had that weird headbutt, Figueredo, then also missed weight. Joe B and him flew to the first Fight Island, uh, first group of Fight Island cards, and then Figueredo made weight and then beat Joe B. And then it's like, okay, what do we have here now? Uh, Can we build this superstar? And then... Davidson Frazier, you know, beat Alex Perez, uh, and then turned right around and made history as the first champ to headline two previews back to back fights. Brian Moreno to a draw and one of the best flyweight fights you'll ever see in front of nobody. This fight, that fight, ruled, and it's one of those rare occasions where the rematch is not always gonna live up to the expectations. Like we, used to like I don't think people, a lot of people realize that Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin fought twice. Because the second fight was so unforgettable. Like every every now and then you get, you know, a Dan Henderson Shogun, where the first fight is an all-time classic, and the second fight, while not an all-time classic, was still fantastic. Because on the other side of the coin, you get Jones Augustus in one, and then you saw what happened in Jones Augustus in two. This fight, every single fight has delivered. It's all been one of the best fights. If you make a list of the top five, top six best flyaway fights, all three of their first fights are in that list. One of them might even be the top. So checks all the boxes, high-level martial arts, the two best in their division, probably second and third greatest of all time in this weight class. It's in a country that is just starving for stars in MMA. I cannot speak more highly of these two gentlemen, and I'm very, very excited. I'll watch these guys fight 10 times. I truly don't care. Obviously, that's not fair to the division, but I'm very excited for this fourth fight.
2: AK this must mean a little something to you too because by the time the third fight rolled around, Davis and Figueroa's best weapon, AK, is something that you frown upon. He mixed the martial arts more oh. than maybe he ever has in his career, and it led to a victory. So we've seen it all here. We've seen like we've seen a brawl, an incredible fight the first time. Moreno just dump trucked him in the second fight. And then the third fight, we see F- Figgy just make all these changes. He mixed the martial arts beautifully, wins the fight, and now we go to Brazil and we get to do this again. So what have you made of of, of this rivalry as we head into the fourth, per- perhaps the final chapter, but maybe not?
4: Uh listen, I'm with I'm with Jose. Let, let me see this five times, six times, seven times. I want they have <laughs> not fought every 12 months, they fought, but they fought every calendar year. December 2020, June 2021, January 2022, now January 2023. I want a yearly Moreno-Figuredo fight. It won't be good for their brains. Yes, not fair for the rest of the division. But like I said, titles don't even have to matter. Let's say a year from now, Figueredo's a bantamweight, Moreno's still a flyweight, have a meet at 130, catch weight, whatever, whatever weight is comfortable. I want these guys fighting once a year. It's just... We just saw uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi have an exhibition game that at PSG played, whatever, the, the, the Riyadh Stars or something. Uh, and that was on – by the way, that was on pay-per-view, I think. I could be wrong, but I believe that was on pay-per-view on YouTube, and I think it did really good numbers. So I'm not saying – listen, I, I'm not saying Figueredo and Moreno are anywhere near that level of notoriety. I mean they're not even main eventing this pay-per-view for God's sakes. But – As far as flyweights go, these guys are the two best in the UFC, again, in the world. You throw in, of course, Demetrius Johnson, but these are the two best guys. I, All three of their fights have been fun to watch. I mean, the second fight was a little more one-sided, but was super exciting in its own way. Just seeing the way that Brandon Moreno peaked and did something that we thought would be impossible, given that he was cut from the UFC a few years ago. So that was incredible. It's such an awesome trilogy, uh, a tetralogy now. Excuse me, it will be a tetralogy when they step into the cage on, on Saturday. And I, I wish it was headlining. We've said all the good reasons why uh, you know, the the light heavyweight fight is in there. They usually go to the heavier fights. Clover share is a, just a beloved. He's got that fan base in, in Brazil. Uh Figgy you know just hasn't been around as long, hasn't built that affection that that Glover has. Um so it makes sense. I I, I totally understand. Um and that you know, UFC has never pushed the flyweights in that way, saying that they are the main event of main events. It's only like when they've had to put flyweights in the main event that they've done so. But Man, it's just there's such a great history here, and I, and I almost wish the UFC over the past few years, not just ahead of this one fight, had done a better job building up the division, done a better job building this rivalry. Because we'll, we'll, I don't think we'll ever see this again. I think we'll, I don't think we'll ever see four fights, uh, four championship fights in a row. Well, four, same opponent for Figgy, Moreno, 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 Moreno. I don't, that I think you'll definitely never see again. In the UFC, one guy fighting the same guy four four fights in a row. At least Brandon Moreno broke it up with the Kai Car France fight. Um, and you'll never see, I don't know if you'll ever see such a quality trilogy where all three fights are compelling. The first and third are, were just fantastic back and forth battles. And we could get that again on Saturday. So I love this feud so much. I don't want it to end. Mike, I don't want it to end. I know people rolled their eyes when when we we realized, you know, he beat Car France and we realized, well, we're definitely headed to a fourth fight. Some people rolled their eyes. I said, listen, this is the natural order of things. When you when we're talking about a championship fight, I want to see the two best guys in that division on that roster. That's Moreno, That's Figgy. It's been that way for the last three years. I don't know if Saturday settles anything. I really don't. I feel like these guys could fight again 10, 20 times, and no guy would take more than a one or two win lead in the series. So if this is the end, you know, it's a it's for me it's a it's a bittersweet goodbye. Cause I, I am not ready to say goodbye to the the figgy Moreno rivalry, but I understand both men have many, many compelling fights ahead of them.
2: That is true. So Jose, I'm going to ask you a similar question that I asked to AK when it comes to the main event, because there's a lot more to unpack with this one, because Figgy hasn't fought since UFC 270. We ran down the history. Moreno goes on to knock out Kaikar France to win the interim title with, by the way, James Krause in his corner as his new head coach. And that is obviously no longer the case for Brandon Moreno due to the allegations and the investigations against Krause, the alleged gambling issue they have going on at the ufc that is just seems to be getting worse by the day but a lot of changes not a ton of time to make them once the edict came down that you can't train to gloria may if you want to fight for the ufc so are the big questions for you jose about this fight on the moreno side or the Figueroa side because he did make weight he seemed in good spirits looked good But how many more of these can he do, you know? Like, where are the biggest questions coming from? Which side of the table? Uh,
5: If I have to make a checklist of, like, and, like, you know, I have questions and I'm trying to place them on each side, more questions will probably be in the Moreno category in terms of the fight because most of mine, in terms of Figueredo, had to do with getting to this car, you know, making weight, uh, the long off, uh, how would the build go? Like, you know, he's also changed managers. He's in his, like, third Different team, and like I, we fought four times in his third different team. So, most of my questions will be actually be on the Moreno side from kraus thing, uh, training with Safe Sayud, going to Brazilian territory because the first one was in Arizona, and the the second one was in Arizona, and the third one was in Southern California. And there are a lot of brown people that go, um, and I know a lot of people are going to assume I'm gonna pick Brandon Moreno. That's not the case, I'm actually gonna pick Davis and Figueredo. I picked Brandon Moreno the second time i picked brandon Reno the third time i believe davis and figueredo the first time and i'm actually going to book bookend it i'm going to pick figueredo for this fourth one i actually think because pe- that for as much as i love that first fight and as much as i i chose that as one of my best fights of the year, that year it actually might have even been my event of the year because i think on that undercard i think charles Oliveira beat tony ferguson there was a whole kevin holland i think beat Jacare. that was a crazy card and a crazy time in my life um I think Figueroa won that fight. He just had, I believe, the point deduction, if I remember correctly, yeah. for the low blow. So if that didn't happen, we're probably not getting a fourth fight. Uh, obviously, Brian Moreno submitted him. You can't really dispute that in the second fight. And then the third fight, I sh- did score for David F- Davidson Figueroa. Moreno was walking forward, but I just think Davidson Figueroa was getting hit less and hitting Moreno more. That usually means you win. I think going to Brazil, I think Figueroa kind of, I'm not saying solve the case, but I think most kind of changes and coaches and all that will play a factor. Not having James Krause because I'm Mike, you've talked to burn Moreno How often does he bring up James Krause? to basically saving his career without having that in his corner. I'm that's a huge question mark for me. So I'm going with the champion Davis and Figueredo and possibly his last flyweight fight. ever.
2: yeah. Moreno built uh, a little bit of an all star coaching staff, got Safe Sayud at the helm and a bunch of other. Individuals been working out in Vegas. And here we go. So, AK, Jose's going with Davis and Figueredo. The current betting line on the co main event, part four Brandon Moreno, the favorite at minus 125, the comeback on Figgy Smalls plus 105. How does chapter four end, AK? Uh, I'll go to our poll
4: now. Uh, Brandon Moreno, 62% according to uh, the voters on YouTube. So they go about, about a, little, a little less than the same amount of people who uh, think that uh, Teixeira is going to win, but some some confidence there. And I'm leaning that way as well. Uh, again, skill-wise, these guys are just so even. I, I don't know. Even um, on at Media Day didn't really have anything to say about like what's going to be different. He's like, well, I'm going to go with the game plan I had uh, in the last fight, which I won, and do that, but better. And, I mean, it's not an exciting answer, but, yeah, I mean, isn't that all he can do is really just do what he did last time but better? Um, and Brandon Moreno, if you ask him, it's like, well, I'm going to do what I did last time, but I'm going to do better than that so I don't lose, you know? So uh, I, I don't know. So it, it's it's uh, it's impossible to really, like, break this one down too much from a technical standpoint and say, like, why either guy is, you know, has, has this particular edge. So I'm leaning towards Moreno because I just – have trouble imagining either guy beating the other two times in a row like i really think they would trade off so even if let's say you don't think the first fight's to draw let's say it was figueredo wins the first fight by decision moreno wins by submission figueredo third fight by decision and now i think moreno fourth fight by decision so if if, if figueredo wins two fights in a row that'd be amazing what a way to to put a capper on uh, again what could be his last fight in the 125 pound division but i'm going with a little more elegant uh finish uh, elegant conclusion to this rivalry here where Moreno gets to, becomes the undisputed champion goes on to defend it in the flyweight division Figueredo can finally go up stress-free to the 135 uh, pound division and knowing that listen he gave he gave all he had against Brandon Moreno no regrets um so yeah so both main and co-main I'm, try, I'm trying to create very simple storylines you know go over to share wins we get that year of rematch Brandon Moreno wins flyweight division carries on this is MMA uh, I have a feeling I've, I've jinxed someone not that I believe in that sort of thing
2: I'm going with Brandon Moreno here. It's just that this whole this whole series, this whole rivalry is kind of building to this because like I think he took Figgy's best shots in the first fight. Moreno obviously dominated the second one. I still think he won the third fight in the sort of 2022 version of Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky 2, just underappreciated fight that didn't get enough credit. It's not exactly the same timeframes, but I think the fact that that fight happened a year ago, happened at the beginning of the year, when it comes to voting season, it's not fresh in our minds. So I think people forget about that one, but that's one I would highly recommend you go back and watch. Don't even worry about the scoring. Just go watch the high-level martial arts from both sides of the equation. Just an incredible fight that did not get enough credit. Um, I just feel like Moreno is continuing to get better Evolving, He's getting all these different looks. I mean, just just look at the individuals and the coaches he's had the chance to work with during the series from Kraus, say what you will about him, to now Safe Sayoud, his his team at Entrom for all these years that got him to the dance. Figgy's still very good, but we talk about father time just having a big-time winning record, especially in the lower weight classes. At the end of the day, this fight is going to rule, so the winners are going to be us, all of us who are going to be watching it, but I am picking Moreno to get it done. I think he wins either a decision or he gets a late finish. And it's going to be like a Rocky Four moment where Moreno, who will be booed mercifully, mercilessly, that's the word I'm looking for, on the way to the Octagon in Brazil. And in the end, he will be cheered and respected because of how great this fight was, how great this rivalry has been with Davis and Figueiredo. And I think we're going to have a very special moment in Brazil. Um, it just it will be unfortunate. For the Brazilian fans that Figueredo will not be the champion, but I think we will uh we'll have a nice moment with Moreno celebrating. Figgy giving him a shine, and then Figgy moving up to 135 to just have a bunch of absolute bangers. So we'll see what happens. just an absolute fantastic fight. Uh Gilbert Burns, Neil Magney is the featured bout. Good fight. Jessica Gondraj, Lauren Murphy, sneaky good fight, in my opinion. And then just the best. 2023 kind of main card opener for the first pay-per-view of the year paul craig versus johnny walker That has like 2023 written all over it where day to day we don't know what's going to happen in this sport and if we look at one fight in this car i'm just like i have no idea what's going to happen this could be the greatest fight ever this could be the most electric fight ever or it could just be awful that's kind of what paul craig johnny walker is going to be so I'm, I'm fascinated in just a very strange way about that fight. Uh, if you watched BTL yesterday, Jose laid it out beautifully. Uh, Shogun Hua is going to call it a career, taking on Ehor Pretoria. Uh, you can listen to "Damn, they were good. Whole retrospective on the career of Shogun. Uh, and I highly recommend you go and listen to Jose talking about Shogun as well. What a career. I mean, just go back and watch his pride stuff. Unbelievable. Lots of interesting stuff on the prelims as well. But AK, I want to turn it over to you real quick. What's the low key storyline, the low key banger? What are we looking at here before you go to the peeps? I mean, you just
4: mentioned Shogun and I don't want to say it's low key because I think we've, we've talked about it quite a bit and written about it quite a bit. Uh, and I think it's even I think I'm even OK now. You know, I came to terms with it not being on the main card. I still think it might have made more sense than Paul. Like I would have flipped it with Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, because, hey, that would have been a great uh, fight to end the, um, you know, the, the free portion of the card. But at the same time, you look at it as this, uh, the four fight, the second set of prelims are on ABC on ESPN. Uh, it'll be what at seven thirty when the when the uh, the Shogun fight comes around. So he is retiring, you know, in prime time U.S. national television. That's a pretty big deal. That that is kind of cool. That is kind of cool for you know if there's some by people who who might not who might you know love the UFC might not and might remember the Pride days might not want to be shell out you know for for pay per views these days might be saving up for UFC two eighty five or something like that. You still get to see Shogun fights. So. It, it, it's it's certainly not a low-key story, but it just, it can't be talked about enough. I mean, there was a time when him retiring, you know, could have been closer to being on top and maybe there would have been more fanfare. Um, as it is, again, it is almost secondary to, we are going to have a light heavyweight champion, uh, hopefully, uh, after Saturday. We have a Tetralogy, the first ever Tetralogy, again, one of the, following one of the greatest three-fight series we've seen. And you have a con- bunch of contenders fights on the main card, so the, the fights are relevant. Um, but to, to downplay like what, shogun has meant to like a whole generation of mma fans you know who are coming up in that that uh, early 2000s mid-2000s period uh like we can't make that mistake you know we say it time and time again mma is probably one of the worst uh, businesses when it comes to remembering history when it comes to honoring um our champions of the past our stars of the past and uh you know even though shogun is going in a, in a relatively um uh, obscure fight against an opponent no, people aren't very familiar with just getting to see him perform one last time should be a big deal. Win or lose, you know, win, lose, or draw. Whether we, we see classic Shogun, classic, you know, blitzkrieg Shogun, or whether we see like a more methodical, uh, older Shogun, it, it, it has to be appreciated. I think I think it's it's really going to set things off on the right note, like really send the card into the pay-per-view on the right note. The fans are, I mean, by that point, we'll have seen many fights. Might be a little tired. Shogun walks out there. My goodness. I mean, you, it, there will just be a roar. There'll be tears. Um I'm really excited to see the reaction, the live reaction. I think I think it'll be felt at home too. So, at least at the very least, regardless of the opponent, glad that his retirement got to happen in Brazil. Because I think if it had happened uh, anywhere else, except maybe Japan, uh, it would have been it, w- it would have been a little bit disappointing. So, uh, really excited for that that moment.
2: I think Shogun fits into this category perfectly because when his career comes to a close on Saturday, and we look back two, three years down the road, he's going to be as low key as it gets. People are just he just. He's just never going to get the flowers that he probably deserves. But those who know, know, if that makes sense. But, I mean, just an incredible career. I've said this a million times. Jose said it a million times. Other people have as well. Just go back and watch his 2005. Just go back and watch those fights, watch those performances, how vicious he was, how violent he was, and just how – and it just came out of nowhere. Like, it literally just came out of nowhere, and he just – bulldozed everybody that he fought look at the names look at the finishes just incredible stuff uh what a career this guy had came into the ufc at 25 which is still such a mind-boggling number because i thought for sure he was like 31 or 32 when he got into the ufc so being in at 25 could not believe it and i just don't want him to be remembered just for his ufc career where he came in lays the egg against forrest griffin lays an even bigger egg against mark coleman then things start to come together he wins the belt after the kind of, I would probably call the first Shogun Machida fight a robbery, but then he came back and just melts Machida in the rematch. It 100% and
5: hundred percent was,
2: yeah. And then four months later, he's got to deal with just the absolute terror that was the come up of John Jones, and it's just such an incredible run and an incredible career of ups and downs. But Pride never die. That's that. That was the best of Shogun when he could stomp and throw soccer kicks that's where Shogun was at his best and is one of the most unbeatable guys and if he could throw soccer kicks and stomps in the UFC at 25 up who knows how long he would have been the champion he was just so creative with that stuff so yeah what a legend we'll see him one last time and jose i got to i got to give the ufc matchmaker some credit here because you know we saw Frankie Edgar Chris Gutierrez in the books we had kind of bad juju about that fight when some some of these other retirement fight ha- fights happen. We see him on paper. We see the poster like, uh, got a kind of bad feeling about this one. And I think there was like maybe a couple seconds where he had a bad feeling about this one. But if you really break this one down, this is a winnable fight for Shogun. He could win this fight. This is – we could have a happy ending here. I think they did a nice job here.
5: Yeah, this has all the makings of – like when Shogun fought like Tyson Pedro or Gian Vellante or James Tahuna, where you have these young light heavyweights trying to make a name off of Shogun. And I know he beat Corey Anderson, but that was a weird split decision that a lot of people forget. Uh, But like you have these young up-and-coming light heavyweights that you know want to make a name off of Shogun like Anthony Smith did, or I'm not calling Anthony Smith a young up-and-coming light heavyweight, but at the time his win over shogun was really the one that pushed him into that upper echelon of light heavyweight division after making the jump up to middleweight so you have guys like you know gustaf sim and anthony smith and john jones at the time when you know leota machida beat him in the ufc for uh when he defended him you have these young guys that beat the name like shogun and you saw what happened to their careers but then on the other side of the coin you get the even i'll even throw paul craig into that name when, when he beat him and ovin saint-pru beat him twice then you have the guys like Tyson Pedro and Gian Vellante and Corey Anderson and James Tahuna, uh Brandon Vera, if I remember correctly. Like these are guys that oh let's no one want like let's see let's test him against Shogun and it just didn't work out for them to the point of like uh, Tyson Pedro took had to take a lot of time off uh, after losing to Shogun, who uh, same as uh, James Tahuna. So yeah, so I per, I I don't I don't I hate the matchmaking in terms of name value, but at the same time, like I said, in between the links, like, it's just so perfect that Shogun is fighting a guy that no one really knows because that seems to be the type of fighter that they constantly give Shogun and it doesn't seem like he ever turns down a fight. So, Just sticking with the narrative of Shogun down to fight anyone, anytime, anywhere, I'm just happy it's in Brazil. Japan would have been the only other uh, option like ak said and it's crazy to think about like i looked it up because like i'd I'd always heard like oh he was like 20 something when he joined the ufc he joined the ufc in uh 2007 and he had only been fighting professionally for five years (laughs) when he joined the ufc and he had 18 fights in five years several of which were two in one day And, like, he was a – dude, he was a monster. He still is a monster. Like, Father Time caught up to that guy the same way Rory McDonald and Jordan Bean. Like, they just started young. They had a bunch of fights early, and then they got to the UFC. They had a ton of success. But eventually, the body just can't take it anymore.
2: It's just incredible. He was fighting missed pro.
5: (laughs) And never missed weight. The pro's pro.
2: A pro's pro. And he won at the time in 2005 – like, I, I know the sport was kind of a baby at the time, but this pride Grand Prix that was going on, like winning that tournament was probably like the, the biggest thing that the biggest prize in the history of the sport at the time. And Shogun yeah. did this like three years into his pro career, wins the Grand Prix and just trucks everybody along the way. It's frightening. Dude, he's so good. He's 23. It's- he was 23. He was 23. It's insane. Hey him and
5: cyril cyril gone has the same amount of experience as shogun did that's even crazier to think about
2: yeah we could do another hour on shogun hua for sure but All right, uh, let's go to the peeps. Let's bring Casey in and let's get the peeps involved. Take a few questions. Hi, guys. Apparently, this card starts at 5.30 Eastern tomorrow, which I was not Mm -hmm. aware of until like an hour ago.
3: Is that earlier or later than normal? Earlier. That's later. That's earlier, yeah. Earlier. Like a half hour earlier. Yeah, there's, there's six billion fights on it.
4: I wonder – you don't think they're just – they better not do like a 5.30 broadcast start. And they're like, all right, your first fight coming up in 25 minutes. I was like, ah.
3: But you know what? The only reason <laughs> I'll, I'll allow this is I'm assuming they're going to roll out like a 30-minute montage of Shogun violence sure. before – You know it's what? I bet that, I heard, so that's
5: I, my. I, – I, I've heard people keep calling for like them to do like – remember when Anderson got the entrance even though he wasn't fighting? So he got to like when I think it was for the Chad Mendes Aldo fight. Like, what if they did? Like, I hope they do that for Aldo. I know Aldo's kind of a name people don't want to bring up a lot in the moment, but in Rio, I hope he gets his entrance.
2: Yeah.
3: I oh, yeah, Chugum better give like a championship entrance for his last fight.
5: Uh, I hope they better freaking from, show it in America.
3: From, oh, oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Now, now, now I'm getting upset just the thought that they could
5: make it. I mean, it's on ABC. <laughs> so you never know
3: all right, all right all right oh yeah all right okay uh we didn't talk about this gentleman on the whole show oops uh
2: how does the Jailton almeida fight go down i mean i mean aka i'll start with you we'll go down the line because i'm sure we can have a lot of fun with this one how does the Jailton almeida shamil abdurahima fight go down tomorrow
4: Listen. Obviously, I want to say Johnson just runs through him, wins by submission. But Case and I were kind of talking about this earlier, and uh, if you look at the odds here, Almeida by decision plus nine hundred. So again, don't don't bet on MMA, don't bet on MMA, as I would always tell people but i mean abdurkhimov yeah he's susceptible to being finished but he's also far and away the toughest opponent that uh, almeida's fought in the ufc yet so you know there's some there's something to be said about experience now again i don't bet if I'm just picking and ignoring odds, of course, I'm going to Almeida by – I'm going to say ground and pound TKO. Just t- just takes him down, just shows off like why we have been saying he could be a champion at 205 or at heavyweight uh, and just dominates a, a veteran in in Akimov who, you know, again, a little a little past his prime. He's got some mileage on him, a little past his prime, uh, dipped into his 40s now. So uh, I, I am thinking a TKO finish for Almeida round one or round two. But uh, if you're uh, – being a little spicy, and you think Abdurahimov has a chance of hanging in there? DraftKings plus nine hundred Almeida by a decision. Do it.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't encourage it. I don't Almeida minus nine seventy five. The comeback on Ooh. Abdurahimov is plus six seventy five. That's, That's insane. If
5: you if you look at Shamil's, you know, physical size and his last three opponents compared to Jailton Almeida, thirty one pound difference. 31 pounds pound on the field, on the field. His, who were his last three losses sergey pavlovich Dawkins, and curtis blades like come on <laughs> all those guys are massive heavyweights and then he's got to fight Jailton almeida like physically massive is what i'm saying and like like in terms of sergey pavlovich curtis blades are very close to a title shot
2: how's it go down Jose? I mean, I'll
5: be weird and I'll pick Shamil. I don't really have any horse, horse in it. the race. <laughs> I mean, if he, I, Jailton, looking at those odds just kind of boggle my mind. So F it. I'll go Shamil. I've been saying Jaelton should go back. You know what? I am going to pick Shamil because I want Jalton Almeida to go back to like heavyweight and make that division fun. So that's my pick.
2: Casey?
3: Almeida by very heavyweighty, heavyweighty decision wow could be just, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying i think yeah we're, I mean, it to get happen. a bit of a reality check i made it i think is a, obviously a very good fighter very good prospect is he a prospect how old is he Not like prospect. Prospect.
5: yeah <laughs> uh, like 19 fights
3: yeah, yeah yeah well yeah very, very yeah very loose term prospect i guess prospect in terms of name recognition amongst ufc fans but uh yeah um it's a it's a big jump up in competition, and for a guy that doesn't, I don't think fans know how tough the showman is. But if Almeida just steamrolls him, I might jump on the the, the Almeida train. I'm not. There uh, yet. Yeah,
5: agreed. I agree. I'm with Casey. If if if, smokes him, I'm okay. fully on board the train right now. I'm trying to decide if I need the red line or the green line, and I'll go hop <laughs> on the red line. made Almeida wins. Also. How many heavyweights have fought Derek Lewis past the third round in the UFC? Off, the I head. was there.
2: I was O'Koff. at that guys. Mike. You were at
5: one of them. Shamiel and who else? Volkov, Mark Klein.
3: No five yep. rounds. Five, yeah.
5: five rounds. He fought. Oh. He got. He fought him to the fourth round. All the like Derek Lewis has fought to three rounds. So rarefied air, Shamil. fourth round, Derek Lewis.
2: <laughs> and Derek Lewis was losing every single round in that fight. You Lost all of 100%. 100% oh, yeah, right
5: in the this was in the heyday of Derek Lewis, uh, has a bad back and is one punch away yeah. from being paralyzed. Era.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that fight as being just one of the weirdest. This is a main event, like, I didn't even know who Lewis yeah. was fighting. I was like, I recognize that name. It was just it was in, in New, York. It was New York, right? That was
5: in, in Albany, Albany, New York, Albany, beautiful so Albany. Not really New York. Yeah, that was cool. the first
2: UFC thing. event. That was the first UFC event I ever covered was that card. Mm, and it great, was awesome
3: uh, UFC. a yeah. UFC.
2: <laughs> uh, the implied win probability for a line that high is ninety point seven percent for Jalton Almeida. So essentially they're saying that if these guys fought ten times, Jalton Almeida would win nine of them. <sighs> Which I think, I don't know. That's he could. A, that's a lot okay, of, could okay, so a lot you're of. saying
4: you're saying Almeida by decision, right? In in it a happen? very
3: heavyweighty Fight
4: yeah. heavyweight plus nine hundred. Casey, I know you don't bet. I'm just saying plus nine hundred. That's cr- that's really good odds for I uh, uh, made a bad decision. Time to get rich. You know, it's, Time not to get rich. It's, yeah.
3: it's not it's not gambling if you know you're gonna win. Exactly.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh God. Um. Right. Yeah. I think Jose <laughs> is gonna be jumping on the red line. I th- that's my prediction. All He'll right. be jumping on the red line. Okay. What else we all got? Right, all right. Uh,
3: I think this fight needs to be talked about a little more.
2: Does Jessica Andrade versus Lauren Murphy have any stakes knowing that the title is on the line at UFC 285? Which, by the way, let me reiterate this. It is not 100% on the line at UFC 285. Shevchenko versus Grasso is probably going to happen. It's been agreed to, but we do not have a date set for that fight yet. Okay? Not done yet. But either way, Shevchenko and Grasso are probably going to fight each other. So, Jose, what are the stakes here? We have two women who both got finished by Valentina Shevchenko in the last couple of years. Andrade just kind of bouncing back and forth. Lauren Murphy's bounced back nicely from her loss to Shevchenko. Big opportunity here. What's on the line here? Is this just to kind of keep your place, or are there actual title, significant title stakes involved with this one?
5: I think there's some titles, title stakes on the line for Jessica Andrade because – Dana White loves Jess Andrade. Every time she fights, Dana White d- does this rare thing and actually promotes the fight in press conferences. So I'm going to say Jess Andrade. Uh, not that he doesn't like Lauren Murphy, but Lauren Murphy's coming off the win over Misha, which is a big win name-wise, um, but didn't blow her out of the water. And then the whole camp thing. So I think... If Jessica Andrade wins, I hope she goes to straw weight because I would like to see the rematch between Zhang Wiley and Jessica Andrade. I think those are the two best straw weights in the world right now, um, considering look at Jessica, Jessica Andrade's last win is against Lemos, right? And she's tapped her with a standing arm triangle, and the Lemos has looked great since. Um, the, the shorter path is probably, I mean, both, honestly. Straw weight, just because she's lost to both, but I just think there's if they're really trying to make this Valentina versus Amanda fight for later in the year, the quickest path to the title shot is probably straw weight. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. What do
3: you think Casey? Uh, For Lauren Murphy, I think it's just holding her place, honestly, as far as a, uh, a top five flyweight. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't think the UFC is interested in giving her another title shot. Andrade, like I think Jose kind of said, it, it, it. there's so many options for her. Really, with with uh, strawweight and flyweight, I don't. Has Valentina? Has she? Is she going to? Is she going? If she gets past Grosso, I mean, oh man, I don't know. It's so messy because if Grosso think, defeats gonna- if Grosso defeats Shevchenko, I would think they would do a rematch. 100%. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. they are do, do a rematch, which I don't Immediate. like. But, um,
5: yeah. I, Probably I I, if, I, if, if Alexa Grasso beats Valentina, I can almost guarantee they try to do the rematch in Mexico. Sure. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I guess – I really – I guess they're holding their place. I don't know. Even for Andrade. Yeah it's, yeah, it's – Unfortunately, yeah. 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 So I don't I, think Valentina
4: and the UFC is interested in doing Valentina rematches yet. No, No. that's the biggest sticking point here because both these women are more than worthy of fighting uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko a second time. But, and we've said this over the last couple of years, the Flyweight division has actually done a pretty good job of producing fresh contenders. We just said Grasso, Grasso getting a title shot. No one's complaining about it. You know, again, we know it's not locked in for that date yet. But when that news came out, a lot of people were kind of like, I mean, sure, maybe, you know, the Shevchenko is going to kill her. But if you ask, I think most fans, has Grasso done enough to earn a title shot? Like, yeah. Yeah, she's popular. She's winning fights. She's looked great since moving up Should to 125. You. There you go. And then you have Aaron Blanchfield fighting Tyler Santos coming up. That's the key. If Tyler Santos beats Aaron Blanchfield, you're gonna re- people are going to want to see her fight Valentina again over everything else. So no matter what happens tonight, if it's between Tyler Santos or Lauren Murphy or Jessica Andrade, people want to see that Santos rematch. They really want to see her get another crack at Valentina. The,
3: the biggest wild card in the group,
4: Suarez. Got Janus Wars coming up to 125.
3: If she stays there, though, if she stays, you think? Wait, she's going back to 50. Yeah,
5: she's already said that she, her goal is to go back to Strawweight. This fight is uh, mostly obviously. feet wet again. I missed out, or she does a oh, massive no. weight cut. And- uh, Manalfi is still out there Manalfi is kind of
4: Falling in the background now Because of this fight coming yeah. up Because of Grasso getting the title shot Because of the Santos Blanchfield Matchup being made But whenever she's ready to come back She's right in there She's right in that near that Number one contender spot So really tough for either woman uh, Either of these standouts on Saturday yeah. To like guarantee themselves A title shot it just, It's just not going to happen Yeah Yeah I'm, I think it's just
3: Yeah <laughs> Unless weird injuries happen and just late notice type stuff But otherwise Yeah
2: Great fight Great fight great fight but i yeah. think this i think this fight could steal the show honestly i i think it could steal the I like show just gonna like lauren murphy I, it's very possible like i i'm looking at the betting lines like if i'm betting on this fight you have to bet on lauren murphy you just have to plus 380 she's a dog she's so durable very hard to finish uh she's gonna be bigger she's the, the strength i think it's gonna be pretty even maybe you can even make a case a slight edge to lauren murphy because I mean, she's been bulking up. She looks—I mean, she looks tremendous right now, and she's just she's just dog tough, man. Like, Andra, could Andrade go out there and truck her in the first round? Sure, anything's possible. But if she can't, if this fight gets extended, I think I think it's going to be a war. Like, I really do think it's going to be a war. So, uh, sneaky good fight, sneaky good fight, in my opinion.
3: All right. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm trying to get away with these if questions. Oh. Um.
2: If Figgy versus Moreno, the best fight series in UFC history in terms of fight quality. Is it better than – I mean, look, I, I know McGregor and Diaz fought twice, but, I mean, those are compelling-ass fights, both of them. Like, even the first one, Connor having that big – that great first round – Nate coming back the way he did, like, very compelling fight. And then the second fight was just insanity, back and forth, crazy war. It seemed like we were going to get the first fight all over again, but Connor was able to hang on. Like, I don't know. Like, is this, Jose, you've been to a million fights. Is this the best fight series in mm-hmm. UFC history? If it's not, where do you rank it? In terms of
3: fight quality, not ticket sales, just actually yeah. punching. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. hmm i'll go ahead and say i'll go hmm. ahead and say yes
5: hmm that is a good question my gut says yes because there's obviously been like the the trilogy fight between max and volk were great but that's first that second fight was kind of a duck uh in terms of like excitement um uh, it was like book ended by two um uzman and colby was good but that was only two fights um
4: I think a two-fight series would be, be better
5: than a three-fight series. Romero Whitaker was, I mean, was bananas. Romero Whitaker was bananas in both of those fights. I mean, it's hard not to hard to say no. But yeah. I mean the fact that we're having this conversation like I'm struggling to think of one better <laughs> in terms of right. three straight fights all been in a like like I, cause like I said, there have been some great trilogies but they like there have been some you know duds somewhere yeah because everyone like people talk about like tito ortiz ken shamrock but like some of those fights were terrible <laughs> just i mean um, one-sided too i mean yeah. just beatings
4: uh eric prindle versus tiago santos tiago big monster santos is my favorite uh two fight series ever <laughs> for anyone doesn't <else> <laughs> know but Eric prindle. this is back in the the earlier days of bellator oh.
5: uh Uh, stipe and dc wasn't isn't a bad one i know that second fight that third fight was weird and the first fight was quick yeah
3: i i poked ruined the third fight for me it's just unfortunate yeah Yeah.
5: Uh,
4: Yeah. sorry i'm sorry i was like for for anyone who hasn't seen eric prindle and tiago santos i don't know if this (laughs) (laughs) i I (laughs) I didn't get to finish (laughs) finish my thought here because because we don't talk about the series enough eric prindle tiago santos met in the final of a bellator heavyweight uh, tournament ends in a no their first fight ends in no contest tiago santos groin ax, axe kick right to the groin mm. on prindle who's like on his back you know you know like come to my guard axe kick right to the groin no contest this show brought to you by corn nuts uh, uh, uh corn, <laughs> corn to core, whatever it was at the time <laughs> this is legitimately how this is a real thing that happened and then a year later uh prindle gets his rematch and of course Kicks big, a big monster right between the leg, right in the nuts, gets his revenge, gets disqualified, and loses the fight. But you know what? You know he was counting the days till that rematch happened. That to me is the, the best series in MMA. So poetic. All right.
2: All right. You win. We can't do better than <laughs> have, that. Have any
3: guys, two, two fighters, fought more minutes in a cage together? I'm, let's assume this, well, even with the three fights, like it was at two twenty-five minute fights, and then a two rounds. Maynard, BJ, and
5: Frankie.
4: BJ and Frankie. Maynard and Frankie as well.
5: Well, may, may, well those that was a, those were two fights. No, there was three in the UFC. Five fights. was no. they were all in the I UFC. Was? They were all in the UFC, weren't they? Yeah, they were mm-hmm. all in the UFC. I think there was only two. There was a draw, and then Frankie beat him.
4: No, uh, Maynard beat him by decision the first time they fought, and uh, and a oh, round. that's
5: right, that's right, like way before,
4: way before Frank three rounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. way, way, round way. yeah, yeah. So I think they might be open. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, yeah. you're right.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, Vulcan, Holloway, <laughs> three five round fights. Oh, oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah, they went. Yeah, they, yeah. I forget. No yeah. one finishes Holloway yeah. except um. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe it's so far. That, oh, we, might, we might have a new record holder after Saturday night as far as most yep. minutes together in a cage. All right. Uh, Doc do, 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 yeah. Liddell <laughs> I
5: mean, and Tito, they fought four times, didn't they? Like
3: yeah. Times? Oh, yeah. was We don't at count it before,
2: one. though. Oh, yeah. the, dude, the
3: fourth one ruled. I was I there. Know. It was hard.
2: Get the hell out of here.
3: Dude, I was in the arena. Well, that they
2: fought arena- three times, right? It was three.
5: That that was chuck, chuck. Yeah, it Cheeto. Was the third one, yeah. Yeah, it was three times.
2: Oh, <sighs> yeah. God. Don't put that negative energy of a fourth fight into the universe, Casey. Don't okay. you dare. Don't oh, you no, dare I, I, do I'm it. I'm
3: not saying I won a fourth fight, but I'm saying the build up to the third fight was actually the actual fight itself was, you know, but the build up was pretty fun, honestly. You no. Know, R.I.P., Golden Boy, MMA. <laughs> <laughs> um. <it's, laughs> Let's talk about, I think, one of the sillier things that happened today.
2: Thoughts on Anthony Smith missing weight as the backup fighter for the light heavyweight title fight? I mean, am I crazy that I don't just go. don't give exactly. any Fs about yeah. this at all? Like, both both fighters in the main event made weight. If I'm Anthony Smith, I'm eating everything after the second guy makes it. Like who Like, who cares? He's not in the fight. Both guys made it. There were two of the first guys on the scale. And then Anthony wanted to, you know, maybe crush a couple donuts or something, and then had to just step on the scale. And he was probably like, damn it, I don't yeah, want to step on the scale.
5: Yeah, we've seen Anthony Smith weigh in a million times. He did not look like he was in any sort of, you know, fight shape.
2: Yeah.
4: Who cares? I I forgot that he was the. I remembered Pantoja was the backup yeah. for the flyweight fight. I totally forgot Anthony Smith was weighing in. It was talked about during media. It was talked about during this week too, and I completely forgot about it because he's training with Jamal Hill, and people were kind of like, "Oh, that's funny, he's training with Jamal Hill." But might have to fight Jamal Hill if something like weird happens. Completely left my mind when we were doing the show this morning, and when I saw him step up, uh, Casey, you and I thought it was uh, it was uh, 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 Zara Faren. We, we were we were yeah, waiting for Zara Exactly. Yeah, the last one so to long. weigh Maybe in. that was Zara Yeah, her. we haven't seen her in two years. Like she looks good. She looks she looks really good. Uh, it was Anthony Smith, and I wonder if he, like if he, like, the rest of us, may have just forgotten that he was supposed to weigh in because that was way over. Uh, most importantly, though, uh, Axel Adams, who asked this question, this opens the door. Now that there is no official backup for the main event, God forbid something happens to Clover Teixeira or Jamal Hill. But what if so they good. need one of the other – yes, one of the other oh men. God. All the other light heavyweights also weighed in, 205 on the dot. They're all eligible, and the first name I'm picking from that crop – It's Shogun Hua, so I'm just saying. Jose always Uh, says, "Listen, nothing is official until two men step into the cage." So hey, great. Glover made the weight. Jamal Hill made the weight. We are we are booked. That fight is coming. Did he weigh 205 or less? Yep, yep. All the all the other light heavyweights weigh 205. Oh, okay. Portoria, Paul Craig, Johnny Walker—they're all 205. They're all eligible, I think. I don't don't know if these things work, but Shogun by a is eligible. Yeah, but Shogun please, by a billion. We're not picking anybody please. else. It's no way. Shogun. <laughs> Put Shogun, we, are, we are this close to Shogun possibly winning the UFC light heavyweight title in his last fight. For the, for, I'm just saying. I'm
3: just saying. <laughs> and, and, and let's wow. keep it
2: on Shogun here. Let's keep it on Shogun here. Favorite Shogun who a memory? Casey, I'll start with you.
3: Uh, honestly, my favorite memory of him is just him and the – as a general memory, him when he when before the fighter uniforms kicked in, I just loved him wearing those little tidy whitey uh, bad boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, Holly Tudo shorts. They just because, because Shogun is essentially a chubby middleweight. He was that's why he ne- we talked about he never missed a weight because yeah. he, he was a chubby middleweight. And he, the fact that we saw this just ruthless, violent, just head stomping machine and he had low love handles, I just thought it was so cute. So, um, that's my shogun who uh, my favorite shogun who, who, who memory the fact that he honestly he didn't look the part that i think that's what kind of i mean he acted the part i mean he i mean we fought but if you just saw him walking around like he doesn't look like this monster guy like say like john jones or you know Joe Almeida and yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look good coming off the bus he just looks like kind of a in shape you know guy but yeah i just love it and also and obviously um my favorite my, as far as favorite memories was um just him doing crazy soccer kicks and pride, just finishing fights like that. Just him, him seeing him, just seeing him in a ring. Uh, maybe this was it the second little nog fight or the third? The, they fought three times, right? Him and little nog.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, One of them, yeah. Yeah, First, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I and now uh, these, I, these are before my time as far as being an MMA fan, but going back and watching, uh, the Shogun, the, his big walkouts and everything and pride and, yeah, just just the Pride era of Shogun. That was that was all, all everything from that era.
2: <laughs> the first little nog fight is, is it ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. So I can't remember if it was the first or ridiculous. second one, but yeah, it's the first so was, well, The
5: second one was UFC one ninety. Oh, oh I was sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> first one is just absolutely insane, just uh, and that's the fight after the rampage win where he just. I mean, I. There have been a few times where I'm just like, I'm watching fights, and I'm just like, I understand what these people are doing. Like, they know the risks, but there's only, like, a couple times where I'm just like, oh, man, I really feel bad for the guy that is taking the beating right now. (laughs) Rampage, that night, was probably at the top of the list because he just got, got in the... But he was just so tough that the fight didn't get stopped until like almost five minutes into this thing. And Shogun just, I mean, it was just, it was the stop, the the, the kicks, the stomps, everything about it. And somehow Rampage is like – at certain points, he's yelling at his corner something and Boss Rutin's on the call being like, oh, he broke his ribs. And the referee's like, okay. And he just keeps kicking him like in the ribs, in the body, in the face while he's on the ground. And the fight just keeps going on. I'm just so. like, this is brutal to watch. And then finally, it gets stopped. Give up. Give yeah. up. Give up. it's <laughs> Yeah. I mean that fight – that fight is insane. I, I the Ricardo Rona win was a crowning moment for him, obviously, but the rampage win probably stands out a little bit more to me because it's just so vicious. Like that just paints the picture mm-hmm. of prime pride Shogun, which again, he was 23 at the time, and it's, he enters the UFC at 25. It's like he had two different careers, and I thought he was like six years older when he got in the UFC. And
5: what's crazier is everyone sees like, oh, Shogun, first round, TKO, and Pride. Some of those first round knockouts were at the nine-minute mark because yeah. they're 10-minute <laughs> rounds. yeah
3: forget they were 10-minute first round. Right. Yeah.
5: So like if you go look, they're like, what? Like he beat Overeem at like the 6.17 mark? Like what even? is He beat Gono at like 9.06? Like what are these numbers? <laughs> So it's just it's bananas. How MMA should be. 10 minute opening round.
3: Wow. I would love that. I would love the that.
5: The best shogun memory I have is him openly laughing at Conor McGregor doing his funny pose that <laughs> wasn't supposed to be funny at the bo- the first FS1 card was in Boston and I covered it and they're waiting for the face-offs at I can't, it's at that theater in Chinatown uh Mike, I can't remember the name of it. But like it's obviously Conor w- faces off with Max first. Uh and then all the, you see—he sh- he's like standing there with like his—I call it invisible lat syndrome, where his arms are just like this. And Shogun's <laughs> like, "What is he doing?" And just like laughing at him. He's like in the background, just like pointing and laughing at Conor McGregor.
3: This is weird.
2: Ak, what's your favorite Shogun? Who a memory, and why is it the skateboard?
4: don't we don't talk about this kid that skateboard do do we know that that skateboard is not at the venue is not at jeunesse arena because i'm i'm afraid it's just gonna wheel its way in and just take if not shogun take someone else out i don't know that thing's a friggin' menace but uh at least it wasn't there in the skateboard it wasn't there in the osp rematch at least you know i mean he didn't win that fight (laughs) at least he wasn't knocked out um i uh uh, like Casey, I was a late bloomer. Like I, I, I watched like UFC, you know, mid-2000s, later uh, UFC first before everyone, you know, realizing the importance of pride and going back and boning up on pride and really understanding it. So going from UFC, which, which, I mean, listen, there was great fights at the time too. But then, and then watching pride looked insane. I was like, I was like, why is he stomping him? Like, that's no, you can't, <laughs> no, like that's, you can't do that. What he can the guy's, he's kicked him. Like he kicked. you can't do that. You can't kick a guy when he's on his hands and knees. And sure enough, I mean, you watch those old fights. They're so vicious and it's just understood and accepted that that is how you are allowed to fight. Uh, so it's a whole other world, man. I, I was just looking at, um, what was I just watching? The, uh, kind of, uh, what's this guy's name? One of his stomp finishes, uh, kan- Kanahara. And like oh, yeah. it's it's so it's how people I, I almost feel like it's how people would talk about like how we talk about slap fighting now. I almost feel like if people saw stomps and MFA, they would be like, no, no, how can you allow how can you allow that? You can't defend against that. I mean, it's a it's a different thing, but going from the UFC that I was just learning about, like as I was getting into it, and then <laughs> suddenly throwing myself into pride was so bizarre and so insane. And and Shogun highlights obviously are a massive part of that. Like you just cannot think when you say the word, when you say pride fighting championships. Him, Vanderlei, Fedor, guys like that, immediately jump in your mind. Those highlights are so the the Fedor suplex, just so many things. And uh, but Shogun, almost first and foremost, I think, in, in a lot of people's minds. You know, one thing I really appreciate of Pride and um, Shogun's victories
3: is that once the fight was over, they didn't like need to go to the judges or commercial break. Once the fight was over and knock him out, the ref immediately raises his hand and they do winner, you know, knockout. Like there wasn't this big, you know, let's bring the doctor in. Nope, let's just go straight to it. And it just, it just kept that energy. And it just, there was just, I'm sure, AK, you got that feeling when you first started watching those Pride tapes, just like it, it was just, it was just everything felt different. It just felt different, even though we were literally watching the same thing. I missed
5: supposedly, yeah. yeah I missed, I because and then there was no stupid 10-9s. I dude, I miss when they like when like when Mark Hunt fought Vanderlei and they just stood there and they're like judge one and then just <laughs> yeah. went hanto! hanto and I was just yeah. like oh he... <laughs> and then Mark Hunt gets his hand raised I'm like great like he thinks he win, he thinks he thinks he there's all these stupid rules and uh, like scoring I miss this I miss yeah. that so uh, much yeah judge one <laughs> yeah I love
2: it I miss that so much I, I miss. I missed the eleven foot tall trophies that were always bigger than the actual. I everyone, everyone in
5: every fight, if you won, got a trophy, no matter if it was for a championship or not.
3: Or flowers. Somebody's giving flowers. Oh yeah, before the match started, you you get a a banquet of flowers. Dude, (laughs) I love love
2: it. (laughs) It's the best.
3: Okay, now now we're getting just pride. Now, all right, all right. I'm here for it. I missed pride. All right, um. Just real quick. That's just. I just. I
2: think amazing you know,
5: hair, Jose. What do you mean? T- the only thing wrong with that sentence is it says today. Okay. <laughs> your hair looks amazing on, every girl. day.
3: Just, just Jose, your hair
5: looks amazing. Period. <laughs> Where's mine?
2: Thank you, Garrett. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's um, right. I just cut right. it yesterday.
3: <laughs> um do, do, do uh sh- you guys did low key banger, right?
2: Uh yeah, storyline. Really. I mean like we talked about Joke and
5: stuff. I'm excited it, for Greg yeah. Cop so much. I love
2: that dude. Greg? 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 Oh, Greg's back? Yes, Greg is back. <laughs> yeah. Greg Greg Rodriguez. Greg Cop. <laughs> uh yeah, that's gonna be a crazy fight. What's the uh what what is it for you, AK? What's the what's the low key bang there's a lot of good i'm excited about some of these i'm even excited about the the the, the b side to
4: uh, to greg coppa uh, bruno Ferreira, like i i, I know he's yeah. the underdog uh, <laughs> but he's got some what what i'm not looking at the screen what did i oh okay uh he's got some uh, he's got a history of, uh, of finishes as well uh some of the guys coming in i i terrence mckinney is just so fun to watch and and uh, ismail bonfim is also is going to if you want to see a finish, this fight's definitely going to end with someone getting put away. Probably Ismail Bonfim, right. but uh, but that is, that is uh, sort of enjoyable. And a real sleeper. You know, Worley Alves isn't known for like having usually having like Fight of the Night Wars, but Nicholas Dalby is, and I think Dalby can drag him into one. So I think that will be... I'm looking at the early part of the card. I think, you know, you're going to get some solid fights. Uh, Luan Lucerta, Cody Seaman. I think Josian Nunez is going to smoke Zara Fair, and it's going to be amazing and hilarious. But I think the first fight, that first back and forth fight we see in the card, that really gets people like excited. I think it could be Worley Olives and Nicholas Dalby, so that might be mm-hmm. uh, when the card starts proper, and then sort of the, the stars start rolling out, and then uh, we build up to that you. It's a,
5: it's a nice looking card. Yeah, I hope I hope Greg Cop wins so he can get his Twitter verified. He keeps tweeting about that. Right? <laughs> Please, Elon, come on. Casey, I also I, I I have no idea if Greg Cop runs his own Twitter. But I hope he does because he uses emojis so much and too many. (laughs) And I just really – because like instead – he's a guy that like – he got nominated for like comeback of the year uh, for one of his fights by like the official UFC social account. And his response was quote tweeting it with like seven screaming emojis. Like, Like the shocked, like the hands on the face emoji. I'm like there's no way that was him. But I really hope it is.
3: Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, McKinney. Um, it's I don't I, I I know nothing. I, who's his opponent? I know nothing about him.
4: It's one of one of two brothers who won contender series contracts and, oh, are, okay. and are competing so, on, on so Saturday. So this is
3: his yeah. UFC debut. Yes, Both. yes it is. Oh, okay, okay. So um, which I think is kind of weird for. I thought McKinney would getting. Is he's, he's coming off victories,
4: right? He's not, or is Or this. He strong. won. Yeah, he yeah. Beat Eric. Yeah, yeah, They're, okay. they're, they're kind of. He only got the Drew Dober fight because he took that on short notice. So short they're kind of like wanted not. I don't want really to take things slow, but you know, just let him cook, let him put together that highlight reel, and we'll we'll see if that happens again on Saturday. I think that's yeah. the plan, as yeah. they they expect it to be someone who.
5: The email door. is yeah. really good too. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. He's so talented.
4: He? I, I
3: just don't know, don't know anything about. Yeah, him Yeah,
5: so. he's like he's he's one of those guys that had a he started like one and two in mm. his career and then has just won like sixteen straight or something like that.
2: Yeah, his last loss Casey was in two thousand fourteen to Hinato Moicano. Uh, yeah, he's a, va- he's a guy a jungle, that was
5: like like if you look at like Brazilian prospects, he was always like one of the guys.
3: Oh, okay yeah Oh, well yeah well, I'm interested yeah, in that yeah. fight I mean I'm, i I just didn't know anything about his opponent so but.
5: I think what's important is like because he has all these wins but he he's he has a lot of wins in LFA and Jungle fight and shoottu so like there, those are reputable promotions but he has a, a lot of stoppage win a lot of stoppages but he has a lot of decision wins too so he's not a prospect Recently, like that we're like oh how's his gas tank like his last three four fights have all been like pretty good decision wins so I think he's a pretty complete fighter.
4: Casey, did you see this question from Pro Fights info that just came in about the uh how, how many, many finishes?
3: Uh, uh, no, 15 uh, I f- I'm
4: sorry, he's doing a bunch of questions. Oh, Fifteen okay. fights. Yeah, over under seven and a half finishes. I'm, hmm. going, I'm going under. I gotta go top to bottom here. Let me just like real quick. I'm just thinking we'll go on I dude. think there's gonna be
5: a bunch.
2: Uh, let me see.
5: One. I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a single stoppage in the whole in the whole main card.
4: Uh, yeah, I could. Well, hmm.
2: seven, eight, nine. Wow, I have a lot. Ten. I'm going over. I think I'm going over i'm going over. i have 11 finishes 11
4: like you're comfortable you're comfortably over <laughs> you're comfortable i have I'm going 11 like and
2: four four out of the five main card fights i have finishes wow yeah
5: mm. yeah because i i'm going to very it has been a very good stretch of ufc pay-per-view main cards lately mm-hmm. going back to i want to say september maybe august if you want to include that one
3: so
4: we're do so we're due for a bad card. All right.
5: Oh. <laughs>
4: yeah, because I think main card there I think you I think Glover, I, <laughs> I think Gilbert, I think just gondraj. I'm picking all those. It's
3: is this the first USC card where they jacked up the price too? Yes. All right. Yeah. Yay. Enjoy <laughs> it, fans. Yeah, I'm go, I'm going over. I think I think the
4: line might not be in the right place. I don't know. I'm going over.
3: Real quick, because we got zero questions. I didn't see one question on it. I, I don't even know if we even talked about it. But Gilbert Burns, no Magny. Do we even? Did you guys even no. say the names?
4: We skimmed over nope. it because we were talking about isn't the main part. Cra-
3: isn't that kind of cr- crazy? I don't mean. I don't know. It's just no storyline. Like what? What? There's nothing. Nothing to talk
4: about. I don't know. It's a great matchup. Uh, yeah. Gilbert Burns is you know not far away from getting another title shot, especially if Leon beats uh, if Leon beats Usman in the rematch. I think Burns, if he beats Magny pretty clear choice i mean again Masvidal's is out there uh colby covington's out there but i mean burns would have just by having fought more recently than both those guys i think would i would like to think would move to the front of the line magny okay. already owns the record for the most ufc wins by a welterweight he'd extend that record so that's kind of fun though, though when he broke the record it wasn't like that many people kind of cared about it. i think because he got there so gradually you know it wasn't like he was like, most decision
5: wins regardless of weight class
4: mm-hmm very, you know, and someone, something. Someone you, has to have that record.
5: Yeah. Hey, it's not a bad he record. Has, if you can grind out wins, future UFC win, Hall of Famer. Well, he he let's be. talk about that.
3: No, Mag, you really think Yo know, Magney is a future UFC Hall of Famer?
5: I do. Yeah, it's it's the Dana White the Hall of anything, Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, does Dana White like? Does Dana White like you? Yeah. So there you go. And and, and Magney, I mean, deserves it. He has the accomplishments, but also Dana White likes him. I think so. Don't that think w- a, that would be a weird be. one. I mean, we're going to get there. Like, you remember how how many, how many years have they done the Hall of Fame now? Uh, Not that many. Yeah, 10 compared to like your, you know, the, 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 like your, your mainstream national sports Hall of Fames, like baseball, basketball, you know, the major ones. 10 is nothing. 10 is, 10 is where you're still like, you're still like, oh, I'm picking like only the, well, I shouldn't say the cream of the crop there's some names in there where a lot of people would be like oh that person you know someone sells a hall of famer plus they have the fights wing which makes yeah. you a hall of famer I, I'm, I'm talking just the individual itself not individual fight, yeah. he'll get in there eventually i think but the, the bar will have to be a bit lower but he's not going to retire for another like 10 years
5: anyway so <laughs> what is neil magny's best performance lombard yeah that's like the big yeah, one i think i think so okay. Lombard beat match. the soul out of him in the first round. See, and then I, I, went, I I would off. say that
3: that's his most memorable performance, but I don't think that's actually his best. performance. That's I honestly not. think his best performance oh, was, I, was his, his last his fight, best fight best. against D. Rod.
5: That was great. I think his lead, I think his the leech fight was really good because he came off from that two year layoff and jet like lead had. Yeah, that's for a great one. Like Neil that's a great was, one. Neil Magny threw a perfect game against Lee Juliano. He yeah. that's where the one where Lee literally turned around to like get away. <laughs> And Neil Magny just like his with his long arms just like looped a hook and punched Lee in the front of the face from <laughs> behind him. It was a great it was a great moment. Yeah, look at these, I, look at these wins. I, I but, still go D.
3: I still go D. Rod because that he was the first person to ever finish D. Rod. Sure. Um, yeah. I was picking D. Rod actually pretty confidently to beat Magny, so I was like, "Whoa, I'm dumb." So uh, I, right. in a weird way, like uh, it'll be it would be very. There's too many ifs, but like if Magni if somehow Magny is doing this kind of almost Gilbert Shera esque, like late career prime. I want to say I don't want to say resurgence, but a, a prime is. Is he? she might be one of those weird guys that post thirty five years old at welterweight. Maybe he's entering his prime. I don't believe it, but if he somehow dominates Gilbert Burns, who the freak knows? But um, it's, I, I, I like.
5: It's going to – because if you look at Neil Magny's, like all of his big losses are to incredibly high-level black belts. Like Maya, RDA, Mike Chiesa, guys that don't let him do what Neil, Neil Magny does. Mm. Obviously, he got stopped by Santiago and Shaft Cat, at him and, and Lorenz Larkin. He lost to Lorenz, but Neil Magny has admitted that he kind of definitely looked past Lorenz Larkin. And that's like Lorenz Larkin's best performance in yeah. the UFC. And, 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 and he said the um, same thing about Shafka, too. I kind of – I yeah. just had too many things going on in my life to really
3: concentrate in the fight and that yeah. was a mistake. Maybe right. that's – maybe he's just making excuses. Maybe that is true. But um, it is an interesting fight and I, I, I just felt like it, the fight needed a
4: little bit more love from us. Mm-hmm. He uh, Look at his wins on it. Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, Johnny Hendricks, Lombard, Gaslam. He's got some – He's a, he's a hall of famer. That's a hall of fame resume. He has got and he came from the Ultimate Fighter. I, I totally forgot about that. One of the worst seasons. the, the worst. worst season. Without question the worst season. Terrible. Terrible, <laughs> Terrible. T- talent-wise and entret- and entertainment-wise and the coaches horrible. Just horrible. Who won
5: that year? Was that
4: Colton Smith? He he oh, uh, Colton Smith. Was it only was it only a one division? I think show? it was. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. That's and
5: real bad. uh who did he beat, Mike Ricci? Is that Mike am Ricci, I remembering who, this? Who, 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 who knocked, knocked out Ricci. Magny?
4: Mike Ricci KO'd uh, Magny.
5: What a world! He was, a, he
3: was another well, great Canadian. Fight, yeah. Canadian hope and, for us. And it's, and and one thing too, really interesting about know Magny, he he could easily been released after his two fight losing streak to Marias and Seth Pizinski, uh way back in 2013. two thousand thirteen. Two two decisive losses, especially the Marias loss. I was at that fight. I remember yeah. we were actually. Uh, who was I with? Um, Tom Kong Watson. And we ran into Magni on the beach the next day. And he just got destroyed by Sergio Moraes. And he basically thought he was done in the UFC. He thought, like, that was – he just – he was, like – he was just, like, just super bummed. And we we're just, I was just kind of there, like, hey, man, you know, they, they were like, these things happen, you know. And um, and then he lost his next fight. I can't believe he's still around and this high level in a, in a, in the ufc at welterweight division it's cr- it's it's actually quite just the resilience that he had to to even be here still is pretty incredible yeah rattled off uh
4: seven straight after the pazinski loss how about that
3: he can he can easily been dropped easily <laughs> been released, you know
2: but no. all right well i think we've uh i think we've done it i think we have done it here um We'll have more to talk about, that's for sure. Tomorrow, 4.45 p.m. Eastern time, People's Pre-Fight Show. Join us, your questions the entire time till the first fight starts. Uh, Then we're going to have the watch party, ladies and gentlemen. Watch party, 9.45 p.m. Eastern. Jose is going to join the fun uh, to give his Moreno figgy... (laughs) insights uh new york rick will join us drake riggs will join us so it should be a lot of fun myself a gc in the mar studio post fight coverage all the fun stuff and then ak and i are back live sunday morning for another edition of on to the next one some matchmaking it's going to be a a very busy weekend and it's going to be a very busy year here in the sport of mixed martial arts you can hit the music we are done and we appreciate y'all watching we appreciate you listening this has been a lot of fun Get some sleep, one more rest, and then it's UFC 283 Fight Day. So for AK, for Casey, for Jose, I am Ikech. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause.